This is your radio station, Lake of the Ozarks, 89.3 KEYK, Osage Beach, Missouri, The Key. Stacy Johnson, and this is your Lake Expo News Cut for Monday, September 27th. Take a deeper dive at lakeexpo.com. Big Bass Bash returns to Lake of the Ozarks this weekend, but this year's there's a twist. Truman Lake is joining in on the fun. Anglers can win big at this amateur tournament that has a grand prize of $100,000. And they can do it on either lake. The bash is held October 2nd and 3rd. The entry fee is $140 for one day and $190 for both. Sign up today for a weekend of fishing fun and a chance to win big. Check out anglersinaction.com for details. Just a few short weeks after the city of Lake Ozark lifted its ban on food trucks, four vendors have already gotten permits. Barista Go Coffee, Young Dog Street Food, and Catering On the Hook Fish and Chips and Oyster Dogs have all been registered to operate their food trucks in Lake Ozark. For anyone else interested in joining the list, download the food truck application off of the city website. After being delayed by the COVID-19 pandemic, filming for season four of Ozark is finally complete. The cast of the Netflix series celebrated the end of filming at the official wrap party. Season four is the final season of the show and fans are waiting with bated breath for how the show will tie up loose ends. And although filming has wrapped, the official release date hasn't been announced yet, so stay tuned. Get more Lake of the Ozarks news at lakeexpo.com. Download our free app from the App Store and Google Play. Lakeexpo.com, the lake's trusted news source. Key Radio is financially supported in part by generous giving from Firefly Valley Farms, coffee roasters and beverage solutions. Firefly Valley Farms believes coffee is a big deal. It's their passion. They owned a coffee shop for 11 years and have been roasting coffee since 2006. When you order coffee, they freshly roast it and ship it directly to your home or office and you enjoy. Nothing compares to coffee this fresh. Firefly Valley Farms also takes pride in supporting growers that utilize ethical and sustainable processing practices. In addition to coffee, they have a family-owned and operated fruit orchard nestled at the bottom of Hudson Hollow on the banks of the Little Niangua River in Roach, Missouri. Firefly Valley Farms protects our land, rivers, our bees, and our bodies by using only organic pest management. Learn more online at fireflyvalleyfarms.com. Key Radio wants to help our community by offering a platform for all groups and organizations to share their message. If you have a pre-recorded public service announcement talking about who you are and what you do, email it to kbsfree65 at gmail.com. Rotary clubs, veterans groups, animal shelters, fundraising organizations, and more are all welcome to send us their pre-recorded message. Key Radio reserves the right to deny or accept any PSAs received. Join 89.3 The Key for the True History Professor program featuring Professor Jim Paisley. The national media now is kind of taking advantage of people. They hit you with a, you know, a big headline and then they don't give you any information behind it. There's no context to it. Problem. And so what I'm going to try and do, uh, you know, on a weekly basis with the show is to try and share with you what what were the events? What are the things behind the scenes here? What, what led to this? Professor Paisley takes a look back at history and how it relates to present-day events. But we take it 
on face value without having any knowledge of why. It, well, it's because the news told us. Join Professor Jim Paisley Thursdays and Saturdays at 6 a.m., 2 p.m., and 10 p.m. for the True History Professor Program on 89.3 The Key. This is your chance to get involved in Community Radio Lake of the Ozarks with 89.3, The Key. 806, good morning and welcome. Thanks for joining us. It is The Daily Show as we broadcast live from the Key Gathering Place, South Business 5 in Camdenton. Good morning, Bill Munhausen. Good morning. We're here again. Yes, we are. It's uh, it's good to be back. Kind of a uh, uh, jumbled weekend weather-wise, some nice weather. It uh, did warm up uh, on Saturday and Sunday, but... I think most of us uh, were were aware of that. We uh, anticipated that uh, we might have to deal with some uh, some warmer weather, and we'll still have some warmer weather to deal with as we're looking for a high today, I believe, of about 89 degrees. Bill, does that uh, does that make you want to get out and bask in the sun, or maybe? Uh, well, I was I was actually at the amphitheater Saturday night and just about froze to death. Really? Yeah, we were under blankets there. Did it you was, go to the talent show? We were at the talent show. Who uh, who won? Do you happen to know? Uh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Hey, good enough, man. Hey, it's I'm a great partner for you, aren't I? Uh, uh, it was the first one. Uh, uh, Miss, Miss, Miss Biggs won. I see. M- Misty Biggs, maybe? Yes, yes. She's a very yes. talented young lady. She was the winner. She, she was the first up in the program, and she, uh, they really appreciated her. Well, I think, um, if I'm not mistaken, she if it's the same young lady I'm thinking about, she has red hair? Yeah, I would say reddish hair. Chestnut? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, she, uh, I think, is an entertainer over at uh, the Main Street Music Hall. I wouldn't be surprised. So, And, and uh, I know she's come out a couple of times, and uh, she has uh, sung the national anthem, or sung the Star Spangled Banner uh, at, uh, at the air show. So uh, she has an incredible, uh, incredible voice. Mm-hmm. So uh, nice turnout there, and uh, of course a new event for uh, Pumpkin Chunk and Palooza, which is in the books. But uh, 89 degrees is what we're shooting for today. Low tonight of around 62. We might see a few clouds, but uh, mainly clear. And then for tomorrow, we'll expect a high of around 91 degrees and a low of 64. 
plenty of sunshine. Rain chances kind of pick up a little bit during the week. Uh, Wednesday's high of 86, a low of 65, about a 50-50 shot of uh, some activity on Thursday with a high of 79, a low of 63. 81 the high on Friday, a low of 63. Saturday and Sunday, temps in the uh, low to upper 70s. And we'll see how that uh, kind of works out as we get through uh, this week into the next week. It looks like we'll really start to kind of pull things back and get into uh, the 70-degree weather that we love around this time of year. 66 degrees now and uh, a few clouds at 8.08. We've got sports coming up here in just a moment with uh, Chris Schneider from Lake TV. But the big news yesterday, of course, the uh, Chiefs lost to the Chargers at home, something we haven't seen uh, in a long time. The Chiefs kind of struggling a little bit to find themselves this year. Had uh, four turnovers yesterday, two fumbles, two interceptions. But uh, it was after the game um, that uh, Chiefs head coach Andy Reid left Arrowhead Stadium in an ambulance. He was, uh, apparently they said he was dehydrated and he wasn't feeling well. And uh, what they did is they took him back in the locker room. He was uh, evaluated by the team's medical staff there and they decided to send him on to University of Kansas Health System as a precaution. Uh, as of last night, he was resting in stable condition. I mean, the guy's only been head coaching since he was 40 years old. How old is he now? Uh, much older. <laughs> okay. He spent uh, spent a lot of years with the Eagles and then came to the Chiefs. Uh, won a Super Bowl, obviously, with the Chiefs. But uh, you you have to kind of wonder, you know, yesterday was a hot day. I can only imagine how warm it was down on the field. Yeah, yeah. If you uh, take whatever the temperature is and probably add, depending on, where you're at on the field, anywhere from another 10, uh, 15, 20 degrees, sure. and in and some then, cases it's more than that. And then you add the stress of competing, too. Well, and, and that's the thing. I mean, uh, the guy's obviously been under the gun the first three games. The Chiefs have uh, only won one of their first three. And so they uh, they lost to a uh, AFC West opponent and uh, that's what they uh, try not to do because those are the wins that you definitely want to get anytime you play somebody uh, in uh, in the same division there in the same uh, mm -hmm, part right. of the AFC West you want to be able to beat those folks so they've lost uh, so far to one of their opponents in the AFC West and they still have to take on uh, the Broncos as well as the red-hot Oakland well I say Oakland it's uh, Las Vegas Raiders now uh, they were kind of like the number one team uh, in the uh, in the game based on a couple of wins they've had recently. So we'll see how they fare, but all of our thoughts and prayers go out to uh, Coach Reed and his family. Uh, a difficult time uh, with what he's doing, and then, of course, uh, adding to that uh, some health issues, and we, uh, we hope for uh, the very best with him. Hey, listen, coming up on the program this morning, we are going to uh, take a look back, Bill, uh, I take a listen back, I guess is the best way to put it, uh, to uh, the uh, visit from Attorney General Eric Schmidt. He was in town uh, last Thursday mm -hmm. over at yep. the Elks Lodge mm -hmm. in yep. Osage Beach. And so we're going to play a portion of that. Uh, I say portion. We're going to probably play all of it. I was just going to play the answers to the questions uh, that he was asked 
on Thursday evening, but uh, we're going to play the whole thing from start to finish, so uh, we'll do that here in just a, a little bit. Uh, the first portion of it should take uh, take us down to the bottom of the hour, and then we'll play the question, the Q&A portion mm -hmm. of it on the other side of the information block. 812, Chris Schneider from Lake TV standing by with a check of sports on 89.3 The Key. Also heard at uh, keyradio.live. Be good morning, boy. It was a busy weekend of sports, wasn't it? Football and baseball, getting ready for the playoffs and baseball. But how about the Chiefs? They lose their second straight. They're now 1-2 and two on the season. First time under Coach Andy Reid that they've been uh, under 500. And uh, it was not pretty. Four turnovers. They lose to the Chargers on a late touchdown, 30-24. to 24. And again, the Chiefs 1-2 and two on the season. So next up, they uh, travel to Philadelphia to take on the Eagles. That's another noon game next Sunday. Their October schedule at the Eagles, home to the Bills, at Washington, and then at Tennessee. It's a pretty tough schedule there. So the Chiefs, one and two. Mizzou lost as well on Saturday. They fell to Boston College in overtime. So the Tigers, two and two. They'll be home to Tennessee next week. MSU Bears with a nice win. They beat South Dakota. So the Bears, two and one on the season. As for high school football, it was Camdenton pulling off a big win Friday at Bolivar, 49-42. The Lakers, four and one. Osage lost their third straight. They fell at home to five and zero. Hallsville, 28 nothing. The Indians two and three, and it was Eldon falling to two and three, losing to Southern Boone, fifty-eight to fifty. Versailles is one and four, losing to Blair Oaks. Blair Oaks, as always, pretty good. So this coming Friday night, Versailles will be at California. That is the Lake TV game of the week. You can see that on Lake TV. Also, you can see a replay of last week's game. That was California and Booneville. You can see a replay tomorrow night, Tuesday night at 7.30 and Thursday night at midnight on Lake TV. As for baseball... The Cardinals looking pretty good for the playoffs as we head into the last week of the regular season. They're off today. Cardinals home to the Brewers for a three-game series and then home against the Cubs over the weekend to close out the regular season. Royals at the Indians today. That's making up for a rainout last week. And they'll be home to the Indians Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. And then home to the Twins over the weekend to close out the regular season. Pretty busy time in sports, KB. Back to you, brother. Thank you, sir. I appreciate it. And, you know, it's a shame. I, I, the Royals there, you know, they, they had that nice World Series run a few years ago. Uh, and it, I, th I think it, overall people were hoping that the Royals were going to turn the corner. I really uh, I think that was the hope anyway, that the Royals were finally going to turn the corner. And then they kind of find themselves back in the same situation that they've been in for uh, a lot of years. But uh, all in all, the... Uh, Regular season just about ready to come to a close. So we'll see how everything uh, plays out. Good to see that the Cardinals are hot and getting ready to uh, jump into the playoffs. We'll see just exactly how they do with uh, that and some other things. I'm seeing here, trying to find what I did with the, uh, what I did with the Eric Schmidt interview. There it is right there. Okay, so we've got the two parts to this interview, folks. The first part 
is uh, just the general opening. If you missed his uh, appearance, he was at the Elks Lodge in Osage Beach. And thanks again to uh, We the People Camden County for getting that all uh, squared away. Uh, we had an opportunity to uh, hear from him. And so we're going to play back uh, his portion of the, uh, the event. Uh, the first portion of it, like I said, is going to be uh, his opening remarks. And then after our information break at the bottom of the hour, we'll get to uh, some of those questions, the six questions that were put together by, again, we the people, uh, Camden County. He answered four of the six questions, and then he basically uh, opened it up and uh, took, some, took some other questions, comments, and the like off mic. But this is uh, Eric Schmidt, Attorney General, who is running for U.S. Senate. And uh, this is audio from his visit to Osage Beach, to the Lake of the Ozarks area on 89.3 The Key. Uh, listen, it is great to be here. Um, we are working extremely hard. I was down in, uh, I was doing those radio interviews this morning and was traveling on 44. We were down in Springfield and Joplin and then back here and I'll be in Jeff City and I'll be in Columbia tomorrow. So we're working really hard uh, because I really feel like um, we're in a fight to save America. And I, don't, and I don't mean that rhetorically. I mean that literally. When you see what's happening right now in Washington, D.C., with all the levers of power that the Democrats have tilted in their favor, attempting to add states to the union, pack the Supreme Court, federalize our elections, they're essentially Joe Manchin away from doing all that. And they mean business. And we need proven fighters up there fighting for our values and to stop socialism. That's what this is all about. And that's been my record. And if you look around... I think that uh, Joe Biden, it's amazing, has been in office less than 250 days or around 250 days. And it already feels like our culture and our country is slipping away. And whether it's taxpayer-funded abortion, open borders uh, and amnesty, you know, tax on our religious liberties, these burdensome regulations, what happened in Afghanistan, you know, billion-dollar bailouts for blue states and higher taxes for you and me, that's what's going on. And we got to put a stop to it. But if you dare speak out against this craziness, the big tech censors will try to cancel you. You know, they want to try to silence every conservative voice. And, you know, my record has been very clear. I'm going to stand up and fight for Missouri every single time. And I'm going to fight for liberty. Yep, thank you. We have, uh, I was proud, very proud, to stand alongside President Trump. Uh, as Attorney General of Missouri, as he had the most robust economy we'd ever seen. Energy independence, a secure border, right? All those things. And then the pandemic hit, right? And by the way, it was the first Attorney General to sue China over, you know, unleashing that on the world, right? We need people who are going to stand up and fight. So whether it was fighting along President Trump on those battles, whether it was fighting back against the sham impeachments, those battles, um, supporting law and order. You know, we were actually, St. Louis and Kansas City, this is sad, we have three of the most dangerous cities in America, Springfield included too, per capita violent crime rates. And so we stood alongside President Trump fighting violent crime. And not to bury the lead here, but when the election happened last fall, it was me, it was Missouri, that helped lead the charge in the Pennsylvania lawsuit and on the Texas lawsuit. We didn't just sign on to those briefs. We wrote those briefs. 
And we got 17 other states to sign those briefs because nothing could be more important than election integrity. Nothing could be more important. I have to share, and we've, we stood alongside President Trump in uh, taking on big tech. Uh, who, raise your hand if you think we need to break up big tech here. This is out of control. Absolutely. So I have a, a somewhat of a humorous story. I was at the White House last year, around this time, actually, it was in September, and it was a few AGs, and I had been to the White House before, but I had never been in the West Wing. I could never, you know, I don't know my way around. I'm just a guy with cowboy boots on from Missouri, right? I didn't know where I was at. So we go into the West Wing, and it's in the cabinet room. So you go into the West Wing, and there's a cabinet room, and it's this beautiful room. It's not, I mean, it's not very big. And there's, you know, pictures of Eisenhower and Truman, and a lot of very important decisions are made there. And I look in the placard, and I'm seated directly across from President Trump. You know, and I had seen enough episodes of The Apprentice to know that I better be ready. You know, he's coming around with some questions. And he was very engaging. We talked about big tech. He was also concerned, this was a couple of months away from the election, about some of the things that were happening in some states like Pennsylvania. Um, but I brought a picture with me of me and the president from a couple years ago. I think it was a Josh Hawley event or something. And I, and I turned to one of his advisors and said, hey, could you get this signed for me you know, at some point? He said, sure, no problem. I think they're going to mail it to me or whatever. The meeting ends. You're saying goodbye to everybody. And somebody taps me on the shoulder and says, Mr. Schmidt, if you want to get your picture, just walk out of this room here make a left, a left, and a right. I said, okay. So I make a left, a left, and a right. I thought I'm going to pick it off of some assistant's desk. I'm in the Oval Office. And it's just me and the president. And uh, from me to the camera. And he says, Eric, come on in. He said, come on in. He's like, it's Eric with a C, right? And I said, yes, Mr. President. And he goes, you know, I have a son named Eric. I said, I know that, Mr. President. It's a great name. It's a great name. <laughs> he said, it is a great name. And, uh, and I said, nobody names their kid Eric anymore. He's like, I don't know why that is. He's like talking to somebody, you know, who's very familiar and, and uh, just a lot of warmth. And, you know, this leader of the free world and somebody that I certainly supported. And he looks at the picture. He looks at me. And he says, Cause he's, he's like 6'3". You know, he looks at me, looks at the picture, he goes, Eric, how tall are you? And I said, I'm 6'6", six, six, Mr. President. He goes, that's fantastic. Beautiful. <laughs> and uh, so he signs it, gives it to me. But what he said was, is he, you know, hands me the pen. He says, how are people doing in Missouri? And I said, fine. He goes, you know, let them know that I'm fighting for them. I'm never going to give up fighting for them. That was the message that, you know, he wanted me to tell people when I got back home. And then, of course, I walked out, and the other AGs were like, Schmidt, what were you doing in there? I said, I don't know. You should have brought a picture. You know, I don't know. I don't know what to tell you. And, um, but I can tell you, he has such a fighting spirit, and that's why I want to go to Washington, D.C. with this open Senate seat. We need more people who have backbones and who are going to fight, who see what this fight is all about, which is this steady creep to a country that's hardly recognizable if we let it get there. I mean, look what's happening right now with COVID. I mean, these, not here, but in St. Louis and Kansas City, they're using this to aggregate, maintain, and exert power that they never thought they'd have before. They never thought they'd have that before. And that's why we're fighting on every single front. There's been no attorney general more active in the country taking on these mass mandates. They're making this stuff up as they go along. And we have to ask ourselves, what kind of country do we want to have? You know, the United States of America has been the freest country in the history of the world. And we need to fight for that. And by the way, when Joe Biden issues that executive order mandating 100 million Americans have to get the vaccine, Missouri is going to be first in line to sue him. My response is, we'll see you in court, Joe Biden. So, 
So I spend obviously a lot of my time fighting back against, you know, Joe Biden and his administration that wants to dismantle all of what President Trump was able to get done. And by the way, was also back in that same room um, the day we filed that um, brief in the Pennsylvania case and in the or in the Texas case, I should say. And I turned, I was seated right next to him, and I said, "Mr. President, we're fighting for you now. We're fighting for this country. We're fighting for election integrity." And um, anyway, so we're going to continue that fight. Uh, Joe Biden, as I said, is trying to dismantle all of that. On day one, just to undo everything President Trump did, he cancels the Keystone XL pipeline. Thousands of jobs lost. It's really a betrayal of the American worker. And I am particularly proud growing up in a blue-collar neighborhood and family that the Republican Party is the party for working people. I'm proud of that. And that's in large part due to, I think, President Trump's leadership. But he canceled the Keystone XL pipeline. We filed a lawsuit with other states. Uh, limited drilling on federal lands, banned it. We filed a lawsuit with Louisiana, won that. And then um, the Remain in Mexico policy that was working. We had a secure border. And the reason why was when people were coming here from Central or South America seeking asylum, Mexico was the waiting room. Okay? Mexico was the waiting room because, by the way, 9 out of 10 asylum claims are bogus. But President Biden undid that, right? So what happened? The cartels now are engaged in not only drug trafficking but human trafficking. And they're moving people across the border illegally. And once they're here, they're just given a court date and you never see them again. We've had about 1.5 million people come here illegally since January. That's five St. Louis's. Okay? And what do they want to do now? Provide amnesty through this budget reconciliation. The Democrats, I mean, you have to ask, you know, what is the interest here? Because it's certainly not an America first kind of an agenda, right? So anyway, Missouri, along with Texas, we filed lawsuit against Joe Biden for reversing the Remain in Mexico policy. We took it all the way to the Supreme Court, and we won. We won in a 6-3 decision. The court just a few weeks ago said, you got to go back to the Remain in Mexico policy. So that's a big win, and the biggest win against the Biden administration so far. That's Missouri. Okay, that's Missouri leading the way. So now the next phase of all that is enforcement. And in the next few days, you'll see some action we're taking on that, too, um, to make sure that the, lo the law is actually being enforced down there, that we're securing our border. Um, one other thing worth mentioning, which is crazy to me, is that Joe Biden also suspended a program President Trump had called Operation Talon. Operation Talon was to remove illegally present convicted sex offenders. Now, you would think that's something in this day and age that even Republicans and Democrats could agree upon, that if you're here illegally and you're convicted, you know, sex offender, you ought to go. Not, not in Joe Biden's administration. And so these are the kinds of things we're fighting against. And so um, on, a, on a much more, you know, local level, too, um, we're fighting back. Wherever there's a big fight, I promise you I'm there, whether it's critical race theory. The Department of Education said if you want to get prioritized for grant funding, you've got to have critical race theory. We push back against that, and they reverse course. Um, being pro-life is certain, certainly at the heart and soul of who I am as a person. The first thing I ever did politically, thank you, was I got on a bus as a high school senior on the 20th anniversary of Roe v. Wade, which would tell you my age, 46, um, uh, and went to the March for Life in Washington, D.C., and it, it certainly made an impression for me. Um, 
And just this Tuesday, we argued a case in front of the Eighth Circuit Court of Appeals to protect Missouri's heartbeat bill and also to make sure that we're protecting babies with Down syndrome who are facing extinction. In what's you can no other way to describe it but modern day eugenics, that's what it is. And so we've got that case in front of the Eighth Circuit, and uh, we'll take it all the way to the Supreme Court of the United States if we have to. It's that important. I think it, you know respecting the dignity of life and fighting for the unborn couldn't be more important. And so um, so we're fighting on all those fights, and I think that's what we need, right? We need somebody who's a committed, lifelong conservative who's never going to quit on this state, who believes in this state, and is going to fight for us in the United States Senate. And that's why I'm running, ladies and gentlemen. I want to take that same fighting spirit that you can see every day, not just talk, but actions as your attorney general, and I want to take that to Washington, D.C. and fight for you in the United States Senate. And I promise you, if we work together, we can be part of this very important movement, this noble cause to save America. That's what this fight is all about. This is the most important experiment in the history of the world, the idea of self-government. Because before our founders made that bold declaration in 1776, here's what everybody thought, that you got your rights from a king or a queen or some despot or some monarch. And our founders said, that's not how it works. You guys got it backwards. Our rights come from God. We're born with certain inalienable rights that no one can take away. In a government, all government's supposed to be is just this shared project to protect those God-given rights. And that's how I view my job as your attorney general, is to fight for those rights. So whether it's to speak your mind, to practice your religion freely, to protect your family, which is what the Second Amendment, to protect yourself and your family, that's what this fight is all about. And the left despises that. I mean, they want to teach our kids to despise America. So, as Ronald Reagan said, this whole idea of who we are is only one generation away from extinction. It doesn't run through the bloodstream. We need people like tonight, committed people who come together, who share these values, who want their country back. The idea that one person, without any evidence, is going to require a million people in a county to wear a mask on their face all day long. Or school kids. By the way, we've got a lawsuit against every school district in this state that's forcing the masking of our kids. We've got a class action lawsuit against that. First attorney general in the country to do that. Because I think parents ought to be able to make those decisions. Families ought to be able to make those decisions. Individuals ought to be able to make those decisions. We're a country that believes in individual rights, not this collectivism walk that they want to go down off a cliff. There's nothing unique about that. And so when you hear Joe Biden talk about, I'm very, you know, we're losing patience with you. That sounds like something a third world dictator would say. This is America. We the people are in charge. You know, he works for us, not the other way around. And so we need to take that fight to Washington, but you can only do it with people who are actually going to not just talk the talk, but walk the walk. And that's my record. And I think that's what sets me apart in this race. Um, I believe in this country. Um, I'm willing to I'm, you know, fight for this country. And we need people in the United States Senate who are going to fight for that America first kind of agenda. Thank you all for being here tonight. I know there's some questions that we're going to get to, too. But I can't thank you enough for showing up. Because that's what's going to set this whole thing apart from any movement that we've seen. I can, I'm telling you, and I've got some of our team here, 
I've never seen anything like what we've seen in the last few weeks. There's a bubbling up. I was in a, a room in St. Louis County last week. There were a hundred moms there who've never been involved in politics before. But they care about their kids. So the people showing up at school board meetings, at city council meetings, at county commissioner meetings, they want their country back too. And I'm going to fight for them every step of the way. Thank you very much. All right. There you go. The first part of our interview that uh, we're going to re-air for you from Thursday night. Eric Schmidt in town here at the Lake of the Ozarks. And uh, we'll get to the Q&A portion of it on the other side of our news break. We need to uh, jump in and get some local information from Stacy Johnson with LakeExpo.com. We'll uh, also take some time to hear from Chris Schneider and get the update on uh, what's been going on in the world of sports. We'll hit the weather. And a reminder, coming up in the 9 o'clock hour, Camden County Commissioner James Gohagen will join us in studio. He is going to be speaking here tonight at the Key Gathering Place on the uh, Constitutional Camden County 2.0 saying, uh, join we the people in the fight against mandates. It's all coming up as uh, we continue on with The Daily Show, 89.3 The Key, keyradio.live, broadcasting live from the Key Gathering Place on South Business 5 in Camdenton. We're happy to be the Lake Sounding Board, community radio for the Lake of the Ozarks. It's 89.3 The Key. Stacy Johnson, and this is your Lake Expo News Cut for Monday, September 27th. Take a deeper dive at lakeexpo.com. Big Bass Bash returns to Lake of the Ozarks this weekend, but this year's there's a twist. Truman Lake is joining in on the fun. Anglers can win big at this amateur tournament that has a grand prize of $100,000. And they can do it on either lake. The bash is held October 2nd and 3rd. The entry fee is $140 for one day and $190 for both. Sign up today for a weekend of fishing fun and a chance to win big. Check out anglersinaction.com for details. Just a few short weeks after the city of Lake Ozark lifted its ban on food trucks, four vendors have already gotten permits. Barista Go Coffee, Young Dog Street Food, and Catering On the Hook Fish and Chips and Oyster Dogs have all been registered to operate their food trucks in Lake Ozark. For anyone else interested in joining the list, download the food truck application off of the city website. After being delayed by the COVID-19 pandemic, filming for season four of Ozark is finally complete. The cast of the Netflix series celebrated the end of filming at the official wrap party. Season four is the final season of the show and fans are waiting with bated breath for how the show will tie up loose ends. And although filming has wrapped, the official release date hasn't been announced yet, so stay tuned. Get more Lake of the Ozarks news at lakeexpo.com. Download our free app from the App Store and Google Play. Lakeexpo.com, the lake's trusted news source. Who supports Key Radio financially? I do. This is Bill Munhausen speaking on behalf of the Key Ozarks podcast and Key Gathering Place in Camdenton. When I began podcasting two years ago with a few friends, we wanted a radio show, but it didn't work out. Key Radio gives us an opportunity to share our message, so I am happy to support the Key with a monthly underwriting donation. 
key gathering place is our community center at Lake of the Ozarks for events and gatherings. The Key Ozarks radio program presents Christian activists seeking the truth of things rather than ideology, employing an eclectic mix of biblical thought and political philosophy, much like the founders of the nation did at the last revolution. Please consider supporting the Key with your monthly donation. Bikers Against Child Abuse, BACA, exists with the intent to create a safer environment for abused children. We exist as a body of bikers to empower children to not feel afraid of the world in which they live. We stand ready to lend support to our wounded friends by involving them with an established, united organization. If you'd like to know more about BACA, please visit our website at bacaworld.org or call one 866 71 Abuse. She's a former Camdenton resident, Hollywood actress, and pop culture expert. Tina Griffin helps parents safely navigate the current pop culture chaos, know how to create a healthy media diet for your family, and live as a counterculture warrior. Listen to the Counterculture Mom Show Fridays and Sundays at 5 a.m., 1 p.m., and 9 p.m. on Key Radio 89.3 FM. Key Radio is fortunate to have the support of our local underwriters. They make it possible to bring you our local programming. Thank you to Firefly Valley Farms, Skelton Key and Lot, Victoria Station, Jennings Insurance Group, and Skelton Tactical. You can support local programming by becoming an underwriter or to make your tax-deductible donation, call Key Radio at 573-280-0532. Thank you for supporting Community Radio for the Lake of the Ozarks, 89.3 The Key. Key Radio is a nonprofit radio station that works with local residents in the Lake of the Ozarks community. Our goal is to provide a positive platform for content that addresses a variety of topics while also giving people the opportunity to find out more about what's going on in our own backyard. Key Radio uses donations to bring you all of the information. So, if you like what you hear and you'd like to help us continue our mission, please reach out to us at keygatheringplace.com slash keyradio. Businesses, individuals, and content providers power the programming that you hear on Key Radio. To inquire about making your tax-deductible donation, go to keygatheringplace.com slash keyradio or call 573-280-0532. 573-280-0532. You're listening to 89.3, The Key. Be a part of the solution. Join the lake's only community radio station, 89.3, The Key. And we welcome you back, 838. It is The Daily Show, 89.3, The Key, keyradio.live, the two places where you can pick us up. And, of course, uh, Bill Munhausen has been working uh, at a fever pitch on this uh, new Android app. Tell us about that, Bill. Well, we now have an Android app. You can go out to the Play Store, and if you look up, Look up or do a search on Key Radio, K-E-Y-K. You'll find the Android app. You can download it and uh, uh, play uh, Key Radio on your phone or on your Android Auto app in your car. And you can also donate there. We need always need support for Key Radio. Yes, sir. So that is available uh, within the next two to three days. I have been told we will also have an Apple 
uh, iOS app. So we're working on that, too, and we'll let you know as soon as it's available. So everybody can have it on their phone, and everybody can listen, and everybody can uh, stay in touch with what we're doing here on Key Radio. As I mentioned, uh, Camden County Commissioner James Gohagen should be joining us in hour number two. He's got an event coming up here tonight at the Key Gathering Place. He will be speaking as part of the event. 90 degrees, the expected high today with uh, plenty of sunshine, maybe a few clouds, 63, a mix of clouds. And then eventually giving way to uh, a clear sky. 91 the high tomorrow with a clear sky and a low of 64. 86 Wednesday, 79 Thursday, 81 Friday. Uh, the weekend, uh, a mix of clouds and sun. Saturday's high of 79, a low of 73. I'm sorry, the uh, high on Sunday, rather, 73 degrees. 840, we will uh, play the remainder of the interview with Eric Schmidt, Attorney General running for U.S. Senate. The Q&A portion of the interview, and I apologize for the audio, we uh, did get that from someone else. That's not uh, my audio. That's not Bill's audio. Uh, we reached out to uh, somebody for audio, and I didn't realize it uh, was quite that distorted, but we'll, we'll uh, make our way through it. The uh, more, I guess this is the interesting part. If you didn't get to be there on Thursday night, this is the interesting part of the interview as far as uh, the Q&A section because there were six questions that were submitted to the Attorney General. He answered four of them. And then we uh, found out later that uh, they had some questions that they wanted to have asked at the event, and uh, things really didn't work out that way. So, uh, I don't, and uh, okay, I get it. Maybe there is um, a list of questions or some things that they really want to put out there as far as, you know, letting people know where he stands on various issues, but do you come in with pre-prepared questions and expect whoever is holding the event to ask the pre-prepared questions. Kind of like those yeah. little softballs. Everybody who's running for office has their, um, their campaign speech ready. And it's not because they're avoiding the questions. It's because they know where their strengths are. They know what they stand for. Mm -hmm. And uh, so Eric Schmidt didn't directly answer the questions that we, the people, hoped for. So our moderator, Matt Burns, came along. He's, he's one of our content providers. Mm -hmm. And he took care of asking a few of those questions directly. And Eric Schmidt very graciously answered them. So that's what we're going to hear. We'll hear that after we uh, get a check of sports with Chris Schneider from Lake TV on 89.3 The Key. Be good morning, boy. It was a busy weekend of sports, wasn't it? Football and baseball, getting ready for the playoffs and baseball. But how about the Chiefs? They lose their second straight. They're now 1-2 and two on the season. First time under Coach Andy Reid that they've been uh, under 500. And uh, it was not pretty. Four turnovers. They lose to the Chargers on a late touchdown, 30-24. to 24. And again, the Chiefs 1-2 and two on the season. So next up, they uh, travel to Philadelphia to take on the Eagles. That's another noon game next Sunday. Their October schedule at the Eagles, home to the Bills, at Washington, and then at Tennessee. It's a pretty tough schedule there. So the Chiefs 
one and two. Mizzou lost as well on Saturday. They fell to Boston College in overtime, so the Tigers two and two. They'll be home to Tennessee next week. MSU Bears with a nice win. They beat South Dakota, so the Bears two and one on the season. As for high school football, it was Camdenton pulling off a big win Friday at Bolivar, 49-42. The Lakers four and one. Osage lost their third straight. They fell at home to five and zero Hallsville, 28 nothing. The Indians two and three, and it was Eldon falling to two and three, losing to Southern Boone, 58 to 50. Versailles is one and four, losing to Blair Oaks. Blair Oaks, as always, pretty good. So this coming Friday night, Versailles will be at California. That is the Lake TV game of the week. You can see that on Lake TV. Also, you can see a replay of last week's game. That was California and Booneville. You can see a replay tomorrow night, Tuesday night at 7.30 and Thursday night at midnight on Lake TV. As for baseball... The Cardinals looking pretty good for the playoffs as we head into the last week of the regular season. They're off today. Cardinals home to the Brewers for a three-game series and then home against the Cubs over the weekend to close out the regular season. Royals at the Indians today. That's making up for a rainout last week. And they'll be home to the Indians Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. And then home to the Twins over the weekend to close out the regular season. Pretty busy time in sports, KB. Back to you, brother. 844. Thank you, Chris Schneider. We appreciate the uh, sports update. Again, a, uh, a good game uh, Friday night. Uh, the Lakers traveling to Bolivar to take on the Liberators. I like that name. The Liberators. The Liberators. They're, uh, they're a program who is now 1-4, but uh, they showed a lot of signs of life. You know, again, we're talking about uh, you're going in, you're playing a team like the Camdenton Lakers. You want to have the uh, best game possible. And uh, it was kind of a back and forth again uh, between those two teams. The Lakers are home against Hillcrest for homecoming this Friday night. We'll see you over there at Bob Shore Stadium. 845, we're going to play the final portion of our interview uh, with Eric Schmidt. This is actually the interview that, uh, I say interview, but this is when he came out. He spoke on Thursday evening, had a, uh, had a nice turnout, and so we got to the Q&A period, the Q&A period where uh, the good folks from We the People Camden County put together six questions, submitted them to the Attorney General. I guess they were hoping uh, for him to have uh, uh, taken the time to read through them, answer some tough questions. Uh, as Bill mentioned, he did do a, a good job answering about four of the six and then uh, he took the rest of the uh, questions and comments from people uh, that were in the audience uh, off mic. 846, here is the rest of the interview. And, of course, uh, you'll hear Matt Burns in there as well. He was uh, kind of reading the questions to the Attorney General and uh, then waiting for his response. All right, so here's question number one. What is your interpretation of the Supremacy Clause? How will you position Missouri and Washington, D.C.? Does the Supreme Court or the state dictate the law of the land? Right, so this is a very important, to just put this in the broadest context possible, uh, this is an important, like, why it's important for us to teach civics again, because we don't really do that anymore. We're focused on all kinds of other nonsense, okay? But in, in an in abbreviated civics lesson, which I know everyone in here understands, the states created the federal government. Okay. It's not a federal government, state government, local government. The states created the federal government of limited powers. 
only the powers that the states granted to create the Constitution, right? Because they had a big debate about this. The Articles of, they had the, you know, we won, the revolution's over, we have the Articles of Confederation, it's some like loosely tied kind of thing, uh, but they realize, hey, you know, Virginia can't be kind of an economic war with Pennsylvania, we gotta do something better, so they go to this Constitutional Convention, they figure it out. But they created a government of limited powers, and the states agreed to it, right? They formed the federal government of limited powers. By the way, border security happens to be one of those. Um, so the things that the federal government actually ought to be doing, they don't do, and things that they shouldn't be doing, they do. And so um, it, it's, a, it's supposed to be a government of limited powers, and the founders were very, very, very smart because they knew human nature, and they'd seen what happened in the world before, and by the way, it's happened ever since, that individuals want to aggregate, accumulate, maintain power. And so they created this system of government that was diffused, power was diffused among the branches, right? So that no one branch, no one person ever got too powerful, which is why you have this system of checks and balances. In the system of federalism, where states can sue the federal government and say, you don't get to do that, like we did on the Remain in Mexico policy, and like what we're going to do on the vaccine mandate. You have no authority to do it, and we're going to check your power. And all of that was designed with one goal, which was to protect individual liberty. That's why we have the checks and balances. That's why we have federalism, so that you can live your life the way you want to live your life. You can pursue, you pursue your dreams. And that's what this country's all about. When they, The Declaration of Independence about life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, no one had ever said anything like that before in the history of the world, that each one of us individually has dignity and can do our thing. And when they come together and decide who our leaders are going to be, and if we don't like them, they go away. Right? We vote somebody else in. That's not how it worked in the world for them, for 1776. So anyway, it's a very important, sorry, I, just, I get a little excited about these topics. So thank, that's a great question, though. Number two, and this one is a real killer. Of the hundreds of existing federal agencies, are there any you consider constitutional? Not unconstitutional. How many do you consider to be constitutional? Do you believe that any or all should be dissolved, and if so, how? Um, well, some agencies are formed by statute, and, you know, they can exist. Um, but they're supposed to be limited, do limited things. I'll give you one example. Waters of the U.S. rule. People are familiar with that, right? You have a federal statute. So one legitimate thing that the federal government can do is, to, is when you actually have interstate waterways. Missouri might have... Um, an interest that's different than Iowa's interest, right? So there's some that, that makes sense. But what that never was contemplated was the EPA, because those are called navigable waterways, which is what they had authority to do from the 60s and the 70s. But that statute doesn't have anything to do with tributaries or streams or dry creeks that might catch enough water to feed into any of those for the EPA to regulate. So under that rule, which nobody ever voted on, by the way, the um, EPA had control over about 99% of Missouri. So Republican AGs, I wasn't in office, then fought back against that. President Trump had a different rule, and now it's coming back. So I think we were I was talking about this with Ike early on. I think the most important thing we can do is these administrative, some Department of Education, for example, there's no reason for the Department of Education to exist, right? But I think for the agencies that do exist right now, we have to put the power back in the Article I branch, the legislative branch, People should have to vote on these things, as opposed to voting for something that, that, they, that sounds great, and then they have some administrative agency like the EPA 
promulgate rules and they say, well, that isn't what we meant to do. Well, you should actually have to vote on all that stuff. That's what I think, because those things are controversial. And it probably means that those things never pass. So I think we've got to get this thing lined up. Number three, it appears the FBI, Department of Justice, Department of Homeland Security, the CIA, are no longer on the side of the U.S. citizen. Do you believe these organizations can be restored as protectors of citizens, or should they be reduced or disbanded? What can the Senate do on this very serious issue? Well, I think the most important thing the Senate can do um, is through the confirmation process um, and making sure that people who are appointed to these positions understand the mission. There's no doubt about that. And um, so whether it's judges or heads of the FBI or CIA, that they are uh, held accountable. Because I think the, the concern right now and the feeling ha people, a lot of people have is that these agencies are just not accountable. And the deep state is, I think, a real, real problem. What is the single most important first step the Republican majority Senate must take in January of 2023? Um, well, there's a number of things I'd like to see happen. I think we ought to cut taxes again. Um, I think that um, I mentioned the administrative state. I think we ought to um, – President Trump had something – nobody talks about this because it never made really the front page of the New York Times or, or the Post-Dispatch or anything. Um, was any agency that, pr that tried to present a rule, you had to pull back two. And I think we ought to like any, if you want to propose one, pull back ten and, and get this under control because that's how this stuff that, no, again, nobody ever votes for, why you see businesses being regulated to death. I'll give you a great example of something that happen, that's happening right now that we also have a lawsuit against. On day one, as part of that Keystone XL pipeline, uh, uh, when he canceled that, he created something called a working group led by John Kerry, the climate czar. You know, it's just unbelievable. I mean, he's flying around in a private plane, going to cocktail parties, talking about you know climate change. But um, but their 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 mission was to come up with something called the social cost of greenhouse gases. Okay, so they looked, this working group literally did, looked into the future, hundreds of years into the future, predicted warfares and migration patterns, and pulled all of that cost associated with climate change into present-day value. And their mission now is to go out with transportation, EPA, all these agencies, and regulate and tax farmers and ranchers and manufacturers to recoup that cost now. It's crazy. It's totally nuts. So, uh, and by the way, it's unconstitutional. It's not authorized by any statute, which is why we're suing them. But we got to get these, you know, agencies under control, no doubt. So, if anybody else has any questions, he's going to stick around for a little bit, and you can follow up with him. We want to thank the Attorney General for being here. We want to thank all of you for being here. Uh, we, the people of Camden County, Missouri, you can get some of our information back there. Sign up. We'd love to have you. And uh, let's thank also the Elks Lodge and the Elks Hall and the Cash Bar because that's not just iced tea in some of your glasses, I can tell you. <laughs> just give them a big hand. Thank you, guys. Thank you so much for having me. And there you go, folks. The uh, final comments from Eric Schmidt, who is the Attorney General from the State of Missouri, running for U.S. Senate. The next uh, person that is lined up to visit our area will be uh, lawyer Mark McCloskey. Mm -hmm. Mark will be uh, 
coming to town in October. As of right now, October 21st is the date. And we'll let you know more about it as we get a little closer. And again, thanks to uh, We the People Camden County for taking the opportunity to get it all lined up. Had a nice evening. And uh, again, thanks to everyone who took the time to show up. So I guess of the uh, six questions, the two that uh, were not put out there, um, or maybe it was, uh, well, yes, at, at least the last two. What will be your process for timely and effective two-way communication with constituents in Missouri? I think a lot of people are concerned about that. Yeah, it's, I guess it's important to mention that Eric Schmidt didn't uh, edit or avoid these questions. There just was, was inadequate time for all of them to be covered. So we, the people, decided to just cut it down to four. And then the final question, what is the single most important first step the Republican Majority Senate must take in January of 2023? That is, uh, of course, if there is a Republican majority. Of course, yeah, they're kind of assuming that that will happen. And uh, it's a pretty good assumption. Yeah, it is. It is. Uh, th there's no doubt about it. I think, uh, as is the case, when uh, voters are a little upset with the president, uh, they, uh, they let them know by who they elect as far as the House and Senate. And so we'll see if uh, one of these two gentlemen or one of the other candidates, I mean, there are a number of candidates, Vicki Hartzler, um, Eric Greitens, and, and, and those are just the Republicans. Um, mm -hmm. There are a number of Democrats running as well. I don't know about any independents, uh, libertarians. Uh, I'm sure they're all out there. Uh, as is the case, uh, there are a lot of people who run for office that you never even hear about because, well, they just don't have the money to, uh, to really support themselves as far as their campaign. Right. They're willing to go before anyone who will listen. Uh, I know in years past when we have done, uh, when we've reached out and these various candidates are running for office, uh, you have to track down each and every one of them. You have to send them a letter letting them know what you're doing, when you want them to uh, be, and in, in, in this case, be on the air. Uh, and if uh, the particular date and time you send them doesn't work, then you have to work with them until something does come about that... Uh, that they're happy with for one reason or another. But that's the thing. You have to reach out to everybody. So uh, we're kind of focusing here on the, uh, the Republicans. Uh, I'm really, again, I, I haven't heard uh, a whole lot from any of the Democrats, but uh, some of the Republican candidates that are running, obviously, Vicki Hartzler, uh, Eric Schmidt, Eric Greitens, some of the others, uh, I don't know that uh, they have anybody on the Democrat side that uh, was out protecting their property with his there, wife. There is a great website called Ballotpedia.org. Right. And it lists all the candidates for U.S. Senate. There are one, two, three, four, five, six, seven Democrats who are running already. Uh-huh. And on the Republican side, there are one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight already. Right. So we know of so, some of them, but not all of them. Yeah, and we tend to hear from the high-profile ones, the obvious ones, but there are some less obvious ones. Any independents running? I don't know. <laughs> 8.58 is our I time. Coming up at the top of the hour, we'll get to our information block. Uh, news from uh, Stacy Johnson. I also... Uh, Hope that uh, we get a visit from uh, James Cohagen. I did talk to him on Thursday evening, invited him to come by and kind of discuss a little bit about what he's going to be talking about tonight. Mm -hmm. There is a, a gathering right here at the Key Gathering Place, 
and uh, starts at about 6.30, and he is one of the speakers. Constitutional Camden County 2.0 is what they'll be discussing. Yep. I did find an independent there who's is, running. There is one. A gentleman named Nicholas Strauss. Okay. So if you go on Ballotpedia, you can... Read, read a little profile of each of the candidates. Yeah, uh, some of them put up a profile, some of them don't, but at least you can... Uh, you can try. You can get the names and maybe uh, maybe do your own research. And often they'll link to their Facebook page or, sure. so, or their social media pages so you can get their information there. We will come back after our local news break with a check of the weather forecast. We'll also get uh, Chris Schneider in with a check of sports. Another rough Sunday for the Chiefs. Ah, Mizzou uh, not faring uh, that well going uh, to Boston College. And that was one of the things uh, the Mizzou Tigers uh, head football coach, uh, Mr. Drinkwitz, uh, making some comments about having to travel to the northeastern United States and play teams. Uh, he said he would, rather, he would rather have like a conference opponent or something along those lines. Anywho, it is news time on 89.3 The Key, keyradio.live. Stop by and see us. We're broadcasting live from the Key Gathering Place on South Business 5 in Camdenton. This is your radio station, Lake of the Ozarks, 89.3 KEYK, Osage Beach, Missouri, The Key. I'm Stacey Johnson, and this is your Lake Expo News Cut for Monday, September 27th. Take a deeper dive at lakeexpo.com. Big Bass Bash returns to Lake of the Ozarks this weekend, but this year's there's a twist. Truman Lake is joining in on the fun. Anglers can win big at this amateur tournament that has a grand prize of $100,000. And they can do it on either lake. The bash is held October 2nd and 3rd. The entry fee is $140 for one day and $190 for both. Sign up today for a weekend of fishing fun and a chance to win big. Check out anglersinaction.com for details. Just a few short weeks after the city of Lake Ozark lifted its ban on food trucks, four vendors have already gotten permits. Barista Go Coffee, Young Dog Street Food, and Catering On the Hook Fish and Chips and Oyster Dogs have all been registered to operate their food trucks in Lake Ozark. For anyone else interested in joining the list, download the food truck application off of the city website. After being delayed by the COVID-19 pandemic, filming for season four of Ozark is finally complete. The cast of the Netflix series celebrated the end of filming at the official wrap party. Season four is the final season of the show and fans are waiting with bated breath for how the show will tie up loose ends. And although filming has wrapped, the official release date hasn't been announced yet, so stay tuned. Get more Lake of the Ozarks news at lakeexpo.com. Download our free app from the App Store and Google Play. Lakeexpo.com, the lake's trusted news source. Key Radio is financially supported in part by generous giving from Firefly Valley Farms, coffee roasters and beverage solutions. Firefly Valley Farms believes coffee is a big deal. It's their passion. They owned a coffee shop for 11 years and have been roasting coffee since 2006. When you order coffee, they freshly roast it and ship it directly to your home or office and you enjoy. Nothing compares to coffee this fresh. Firefly Valley Farms also takes pride in supporting growers that utilize 
ethical and sustainable processing practices. In addition to coffee, they have a family-owned and operated fruit orchard nestled at the bottom of Hudson Hollow on the banks of the Little Niagara River in Roach, Missouri. Firefly Valley Farms protects our land, rivers, our bees, and our bodies by using only organic pest management. Learn more online at fireflyvalleyfarms.com. Key Radio wants to help our community by offering a platform for all groups and organizations to share their message. If you have a pre-recorded public service announcement talking about who you are and what you do, email it to kbsfree65 at gmail.com. Rotary clubs, veterans groups, animal shelters, fundraising organizations, and more are all welcome to send us their pre-recorded message. Key Radio reserves the right to deny or accept any PSAs received. Join 89.3 The Key for the True History Professor program featuring Professor Jim Paisley. The national media now is kind of taking advantage of people. They hit you with a, you know, a big headline, and then they don't give you any information behind it. There's no context to it. Problem. And so what I'm going to try and do, uh, you know, on a weekly basis with the show is to try and share with you what, what were the events, what are the things behind the scenes here, what, what led to this. Professor Paisley takes a look back at history and how it relates to present-day events. But we take it on face value without having any knowledge of why it well it's because the news told us join professor jim paisley thursdays and saturdays at 6 a.m 2 p.m and 10 p.m for the true history professor program on 89.3 the key This is your chance to get involved in Community Radio Lake of the Ozarks with 89.3, The Key. It is 9.06. Thank you for joining us for The Daily Show on 89.3, The Key. As of last check, we were at about 70 degrees, so it is definitely working its way back up there. 70 is where we are with a few clouds and looking for a high today of 90 degrees. So Mother Nature isn't done turning up the heat on us as of right now, but uh, we should get a little uh, little break in the action, hopefully by midweek, certainly as we uh, get a little closer to the weekend. And we'll uh, tell you that 89 is the expected high today. Again, uh, tonight uh, looking for uh, overnight low of about, uh, let's see here, 62. 
We're not going to see much in the way of any uh, showers or thunderstorms, uh, possibly a little rain a little later on in the week, maybe by midweek, but they've even uh, slimmed that down. Uh, 91, the expected high tomorrow and a low of 64. Plenty of sunshine, mix of clouds and sun Wednesday, Thursday, and uh, Friday, where temperatures are going to kind of bounce around on us a little bit. 86 Wednesday, 78 the high on Thursday, 81 the high on Friday, 79 Saturday, and then Sunday, a high of 73 degrees. Old-time Apple Festival going on in uh, Versailles this weekend. People from out of the area ask, why do you call it Versailles? Isn't it Versailles? <laughs> yes. I had nothing to do with naming the town. That, that so. is a Missouri trait. We pick these foreign names and then we just pronounce them differently. Yeah, we twist them around a little yeah. bit there. Like I remember uh, years ago, I went to a, a comedy show. And the comedian up on stage was asking people if they're... Is anybody is there anybody out there that's from uh, the uh, a town with a really weird name? And at the mm -hmm. time, I was living in Roach. Yeah. So I raised my hand. He said, where are you from, sir? I said, Roach. He said, Roach? Well, there's a lot of different things that come to mind when somebody says Roach. Uh -huh. And he went down the road where I don't think we really want to get into the conversation that we had. But uh, uh, he had a lot of fun at my expense. Right. We'll leave it at that. Yep. Chris Schneider coming up with a uh, check of sports here shortly. Still hoping to get a visit from Camden County Commissioner James Gohagen. As a matter of fact, uh, I'll reach out to him and see if maybe we can't, uh, can't nail him down as to whether or not he's going to be here for our show. But I know he's going to be here tonight. <sighs> and uh, what a conversation that uh, the folks are going to have. Uh, good old, uh, what's this, uh, Constitutional Camden County 2.0. Do you know anything about this? I think you're probably uh, in on this uh, a little bit. Yeah, it actually started a couple of years ago when we were trying to uh, protect Missouri from whatever the federal government was planning to do, way, way back when Trump was still president. Because right. it doesn't matter who's in charge there, they're always trying to make incursions <coughs> against the states. Um, so we started out as that being a planned state initiative, and then uh, it became uh, obvious that it would be hard to pass through the states. We decided to try local government, and we got something through that was kind of compromised, and now we're trying to give it a little bit more effect. So that's kind of the background, quick and dirty background of it all. There you go. It is uh, 9.09. Chris Schneider is standing by with a check of sports here on Key Radio. Be good morning, boy. It was a busy weekend of sports, wasn't it? Football and baseball, getting ready for the playoffs and baseball. But how about the Chiefs? They lose their second straight. They're now 1-2 and two on the season. First time under Coach Andy Reid that they've been uh, under 500. And uh, it was not pretty. Four turnovers. They lose to the Chargers on a late touchdown, 30-24. to And again, the Chiefs 1-2 and two on the season. So next up, they uh, travel to Philadelphia to take on the Eagles. That's another noon game next Sunday. Their October schedule at the Eagles, home to the Bills, at Washington, and then at Tennessee. It's a pretty tough schedule there. So the Chiefs 
one and two. Mizzou lost as well on Saturday. They fell to Boston College in overtime, so the Tigers two and two. They'll be home to Tennessee next week. MSU Bears with a nice win. They beat South Dakota, so the Bears two and one on the season. As for high school football, it was Camdenton pulling off a big win Friday at Bolivar, 49-42. The Lakers four and one. Osage lost their third straight. They fell at home to five and zero Hallsville, 28 nothing. The Indians two and three, and it was Eldon falling to two and three, losing to Southern Boone, fifty-eight to fifty. Versailles is one and four, losing to Blair Oaks. Blair Oaks, as always, pretty good. So this coming Friday night, Versailles will be at California. That is the Lake TV game of the week. You can see that on Lake TV. Also, you can see a replay of last week's game. That was California and Booneville. You can see a replay tomorrow night, Tuesday night at 7.30 and Thursday night at midnight on Lake TV. As for baseball, the Cardinals looking pretty good for the playoffs as we head into the last week of the regular season. They're off today. Cardinals home to the Brewers for a three-game series and then home against the Cubs over the weekend to close out the regular season. Royals at the Indians today. That's making up for a rainout last week. And they'll be home to the Indians Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday, and then home to the Twins over the weekend to close out the regular season. Pretty busy time in sports, KB. Back to you, brother. Thank you, Chris. 9-12 is our time, and we thank you for joining us here on The Daily Show on 89.3 The Key. I had a rather unique experience on Friday, Bill Munhausen, and something that uh, will be featured on uh, the What's Burning TV program over there on Lake TV. I went in for a round of acupuncture. Okay. All right. Never had it done before in my life. How about you? Have Did you, ever... you? I had never had acupuncture. Did you have a particular goal in mind? Uh, well, I went over and I met uh, Dr. Elizabeth Barrett. She has uh, an office on uh, North Business 5 in Lorry, Missouri. And, uh, you, you know, a lot of she, she uh, practices Eastern medicine. A lot of what she practices are the techniques uh, that they have uh, made famous in uh, Southeast Asia, mm-hmm, places mm-hmm. like China. She does uh, a lot of natural remedies, natural herbs and uh, potions and things along those lines. And she practices uh, a number of different techniques, but uh, acupuncture is something I'd never had done before. And I would recommend it for anyone because, of course, they poke you with the little needles. Yeah, but they don't. It doesn't hurt, right? Very rarely will you even feel them. Mm-hmm. And so I got some work done on my right shoulder and on my lower back. And I will tell you that uh, I felt great when I was done. And then she showed me a, a, a stretching exercise that I can do to help uh, enhance the uh, overall experience. But she's got that office up there in uh, in Lorry, Missouri. And uh, if you are so inclined, you got to check it out. Eastern mm-hmm. medicine, Eastern medicine has always been something that uh, I think has kind of scared people in this country because we're so used to going to the doctor and, you know, uh, turn your head and cough or yeah, whatever you need done there. I mean, it's either scared or attracted. It kind of goes both ways. Mm-hmm. I've always been intrigued by natural remedies. Because, um, honestly, West, you know, I'm kind of a Star Trek fan. And if you uh, watch the Star Trek movies and you listen to Bones, he yeah. I remember there was a time travel um, episode and he just decried how primitive 21st century medicine was. <laughs> you know, so it's all in the eye of the beholder, I guess. I guess it's kind of a, it, they were probably, I'm sure, just poking fun 
at uh, you know or or, or trying to make uh, some sort of a point yeah that uh, based on the time that they're in when you look back on some of the methods that we use today they would seem uh, maybe even barbaric. Yeah. yeah, we think we're so advanced, but right now a lot of doctors are just prescribing chemicals. Let's mask the symptom rather than treat it. The body has the potential to heal itself, mm-hmm. and there are a lot of things that uh, you can do where, you know, and, and, and I guess in a lot of instances the FDA hasn't approved many of these uh uh, herbs and roots and various uh, berries yeah. that you can use as far as uh, the healing process because they don't want to take anything away from the pharmaceutical companies, yeah. which I'm kind of uh, almost sure they're in bed with them uh, in a lot of instances. Yeah, and and to be fair, uh, you have to understand that a lot of natural remedies, it's very hard to isolate them to test their effectiveness. Mm-hmm. There are real limitations to science, even medical science, as far as being able to isolate uh, the cause and effect of things, whereas a chemical thing like a pharmaceutical, those are so powerful you get like an immediate response. Yeah. Well, at one point she was pushing uh, three-inch needles into my in and around my hips, yeah. and, and I never felt it. Never she felt probably, it. They at all. probably didn't go three inches deep either. She uh, well, they went <laughs> they went a pretty good distance in there. Okay. I, I was uh, the. Uh, the director producer of my show megan albers was there and she was filming all of this and she made mention to the fact that you just push that needle about three inches into his body and uh dr uh, barrett said yes yes i did no and but but uh it, it starts out with a lot of stretching and then you know she sits down and discusses the uh the issue the problem what are you what are you trying to get accomplished here today mm-hmm. and so then she'll have you walk around a little bit and look for certain things based on uh, your posture and the way you walk and if you uh, kind of overcompensate uh, one uh, side for the other and then they begin the treatment with the acupuncture but it uh, it was pretty amazing and like i said uh, she must have put about 30 needles in me total it sounds kind of related to chiropractic it is it is some chiropractors about manipulation and pressure points so. right some chiropractors will uh, will practice acupuncture Mm-hmm. Uh, I know another gentleman, uh, Mark Goforth, who's a chiropractor in the area, and he does uh, he does uh, do acupuncture as well. But it's an amazing process, and it's so uh, so amazing that you know these little needles, when put in the right place on your body, uh, can can offer you some uh, some relief as far as pain, and then of course you know it's. You would probably do this more than once. You know, you have a, a follow-up visit or several follow-up visits or however, you know, long it uh, takes to write the situation. Yeah. But it was, uh, it was very, uh, very interesting. Uh, one, of those, one of those chances where, you know, when you're older, you like to still learn stuff. Sure. And uh, so it was a learning opportunity for me as well. It's also probably kind of related to martial arts because in martial arts there are pressure points that do harm. It's interesting that you bring that up, Bill, because that was one of the things. Dr. Barrett uh, had scoliosis growing up as a child. And so uh, based on Western medicine, they were going to do some things to her that she was really not, uh, not confident about. Her family wasn't her. Her, her parents, her mom and dad, weren't real confident about that. So they went down another road, and that eventually became something that she wanted to pass along to other people to let them know 
that there are alternatives when it comes to uh, various types of medicine. So mm-hmm. thanks to her, feeling good, the, uh, the old right shoulder and uh, up the side of my neck where I was having uh, a substantial amount of pain is, uh, is feeling pretty good. So, and I think I uh, might even take a trip back over there to see if, uh, you know, maybe a couple of more sessions with uh, the good doctor will help things out. 72 degrees at 919. We thank you for joining us here. I uh, was reading an article. I don't know if you heard about Pacific Gas and Electric out there in California, but uh, they've been dealing with some lawsuits. I bet. And uh, the most recent article I could find uh, was dated September the 15th, 2021 from KCRA.com. It says Dixie fire victims file lawsuits against PG&E. Now, I wonder if this isn't something that uh, these folks are being set up for. I mean, Pacific Gas and Electric providing power. Uh, we know that there uh, have been some issues out there. And so nearly 200 homeowners, renters, and business owners are suing Pacific Gas and Electric, alleging the utility is responsible for losses they've suffered from the Dixie Fire. Sure. The lawsuit comes after PG&E told regulators in July that California's second largest wildfire in history may have been started by a tree that leaned into one of its power lines. PG&E said days later that it planned to bury 10,000 miles of lines in fire-prone areas. goes on to say it's clear that uh, PG&E started this fire. The best thing they can do is to acknowledge the fact and make the survivors whole attorney. Uh, this is from uh, attorney Gerald Singleton with fire litigation firm Singleton, Schreiber, McKenzie, and Scott said in a release. We're committed to helping our clients get the resources they need to rebuild their homes and their lives, and we look forward to advancing these cases and serving mm-hmm. as their advocate in court. Now, it doesn't say anything uh, about not you know, taking any kind of a fee for doing this job. Yeah, right. So, uh, how, I mean, you know, you go after... Pacific Gas and Electric, because, and, and, and I had heard that they were responsible uh, in the murder of, uh, they were charged with murder in another instance with uh, one of these wildfires also. But, I mean, these people want to live where they want to live and they want power to their homes. Mm-hmm. So they rely on Pacific Gas and Electric to provide the power. Sure. Now, when there's a, a fire, uh, or a wildfire in this case, and they can blame the power company. Mm-hmm. What does the power company do? Well, they uh, obviously they intend to bury a lot of lines at a great expense, which will be passed on to consumers. So some people will get a quick benefit from uh, this lawsuit, and, some, and the vast majority of people will pay for it. But then what does Pacific Gas and Electric do? Well, they say, well, we're going bow- to bury 10,000 miles of lines in fire-prone areas. That's a lot of miles. That's a lot of miles. That's yeah. a lot of time. Uh, you can't tell me that every one of these places that they're going to go into is going to be just uh, easy peasy. You yeah. dig a hole, you put, a, uh, put, put, put the cables in there, cover it up, and off you go. Yeah, every every utility company has that kind of vulnerability. I mean, around Missouri, we mostly have overhead electrical lines. Right. And that's just because of the ground and the topography and because when electricity first came into the region, they looked for a quick and easy way to put it up, and that was power lines overhead. Um, I have a power line here on the property, and I wish it was underground, but there's a considerable expense in putting it underground in the Ozarks. So... 
it's it's a shame that we allow so many lawsuits of this kind because they kind of work against progress. And well, they certainly work against progress, and then they they make these uh, these companies think, well, you know what? If if this is how uh, you know, if this is how things are going to go, well, maybe just maybe then we, uh, we 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 don't bother, you know. Yeah, or they just pass it on to the consumers in general. Well, I mean, they have to. I'm sure they'll do that. Well, and, and it's not wrong of them. They they have costs, and they have to recover those costs. So people are going to pay for it. I guess one way, shape, or form, somebody's going to le- be left holding the bag. Mm-hmm. And uh, the thing about it, I, I guess it just bothers me that, you know, y- you blame the electric company uh, for, for something. A, for a tree falling on the line. Yeah, right? you know. And and you don't look at the bigger problem there is is the fact that California doesn't really have any type of uh, forest management where they go back through like we do in this state. Right. And burn, we have the controlled burns in order to get rid of a lot of these well. dead trees and then... Uh, uh, you know, it it, it kind of rejuvenates uh, yeah, l- the, like the area. Yeah, like I said, we have that situation on our property, and the utility comes through, uh, Laclede Electric, Electric comes through with their contractors, and they clear everything that could touch a line. Yeah. It's, it's just what we do here. Uh, California being a much bigger state, um, I don't think people realize how much vacant land there is in California. It's not all civilized. So they have power lines running through forests and over hills and in places where there can be uh, wildfires. And it's hard to say whether their lines are compromised by the wire wildfire or, or their lines cause the wildfire. It's a matter of speculation. I uh, just got an update from James Gohagen. He will not be joining us this morning. He has uh, other irons in the fire, and we understand completely. So... Uh, We'll, uh, we'll just hope that uh, folks come out tonight and want to know more about Constitutional Camden County 2.0, which um, he's going to be speaking here tonight. Uh, the doors open at 6.30. Also, a mm-hmm. couple of other things that I wanted to remind folks about, and that is the good folks with Firefly Valley yes. Coffee. Yes, we're going to have a, their first ever um, coffee shop event here tomorrow. We'll have it uh, tomorrow, and uh, not just coffee, but chai teas and some uh, smoothies smoothies, and a lot of other things that uh, Stephanie and her husband are going to be bringing over. Yep. FireflyValleyFarms.com if you want to check them out. But, yep. uh, 730 to 930 7.30 until 9.30. So those uh, gentlemen that are uh, having the Bible study that starts at about 6 or so, maybe they'll mm-hmm. be able to enjoy that on the tail end of their event. But uh, we'll do it to Tuesdays, and we'll do it on Thursdays. Right. And they'll, they'll actually come and set up starting at 7 a.m. So I'll have to get out there early and make sure the doors are open. Please do. 925 is our time. Coming up uh, following this program, it is the BS Nation with Matt Burns and Ike Skelton. A, a great program to listen to that's uh, really generating a lot of buzz as far as key radio is concerned. And I thank both of those gentlemen for their hard work. Grow, Thrive, and Inspire. That is, uh, when, you, when you see the title there, maybe uh, a little misleading because it's actually a real estate program. And yeah. they do talk about things going on here at the Lake of the Ozarks mm-hmm. to grow, thrive, and inspire. Right. But uh, it is based on uh, a local realtor here at the Lake of the Ozarks. We'll also have uh, Gretchen Peters and the Artichoke Heart. She'll be joining us on Friday. Uh, the Ozark Highlands Radio Program, which uh, will be at 1 o'clock, one of Bill's favorites. He enjoys kicking back around one. I can see him, you know, maybe 
cold beverage and uh, uh, just yeah. uh, cranking up uh, key radio and listening to uh, Ozark Highlands radio. We'll also get the True History Professor program and uh, some good stuff. I believe uh, one of the segments he will have uh, coming up later on today, starting at 2 o'clock, will be on socialism, so you definitely want to chime in there. And, of course, you get Bill Munhausen with Key Ozarks podcast at 3 o'clock, and then we'll uh, rebroadcast it all for you, starting at 4 with the Daily Show. We'll have that for you coming up at... Uh, four o'clock and then again at midnight as well but we cycle through the programming twice once uh, again starting at four the other time starting at midnight and then we'll bring you a brand new daily show tomorrow eight o'clock hour we're going to be speaking with uh, jason jones jason who uh had a uh, a little brush with uh his heart uh, had a heart attack not too terribly long ago uh but it's doing better he's recovering nicely and he, um, he spearheads a program here at the Lake of the Ozarks, Real Men Wear Pink, because as you know, October is Breast Cancer Awareness Month, and uh, he got involved with this program, I believe it was last year or the year before, and he's uh, drawn a lot of attention, so uh, we're going to talk about that. We'll also get an update on uh, Share the Harvest Food Pantry, the food bank situation around the Lake of the Ozarks, because pretty soon it'll be that time when the cold weather sets in, and uh, what do we do for uh, folks in need? Well, of course, uh, one of the things you can do is come to the key gathering place on Wednesdays and Thursdays for the uh, serving table. Uh, you can also go to your local food pantry. And uh, again, local food pantries have been hit hard basically because of uh, COVID. And uh, a lot of folks were asking for donations and uh, anything that you could do to help these folks out. But we're getting into the winter months again, and sometimes that can be a bit of a struggle for people. Yeah, we're starting to hear about potential shortages again. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's kind of always, uh, is it related to COVID? Is it related to different supply chains being shut down? So um, it's a good time to be kind of aware of those things and get ahead of the curve. Make sure you have sufficient supplies. Yeah, yeah. Um, but don't get crazy about it. Don't invade Walmart and, and buy all the toilet paper <laughs> in the house. <laughs> well, if, you, uh, if you've got the money to do it, you know, you can't stop somebody from spending money. And I'm sure Walmart wouldn't say, now listen, um, you're buying entirely too much toilet paper. <laughs> They'd well, like to at times. <laughs> wouldn't, it, wouldn't it be funny if they weren't buying it for, like, personal use? They were buying it to go TP somebody's house. Uh-huh. Okay. We used to get, now see, I, I will tell you this much, when you'd go into a grocery store on a Friday night, 8 o'clock, and uh, the first thing you go for is a 12-pack of toilet paper, uh-huh. they pretty much know if you're a young kid what you're going to be doing with it. Yeah, see, I'm often buying a 12-pack of toilet paper for the key here, so. Yeah, well, I, m- I might look suspicious. Not at 8 o'clock, not, not, yeah. as, a, not as maybe a teenager on a, a 8 o'clock on a Friday night. Right. Well, what are you planning on doing with that toilet paper? <laughs> uh, well, if your house uh, gets TP'd, yeah. it's easy just to post it on Facebook and people will come and clean up your toilet paper. Who knows? Right. Because they need that stuff. 9.30 is our time, 72 degrees. We are ready for our information break at the bottom of the hour. Stacy Johnson joining us from LakeExpo.com, the Lake's trusted news source with some information on uh, some events coming up and uh, keeping you informed right here on 89.3 The Key. Heard also at uh, keyradio.live on the interweb. Got that Android app that we're working on. We'll tell you more about that. And another app that is going to be coming 
uh, as far as you can listen to uh, key radio when you're out and about doing whatever it is you're doing, and we certainly appreciate the support. We're happy to be the Lake Sounding Board, community radio for the Lake of the Ozarks. It's 89.3, the key. Stacey Johnson, and this is your Lake Expo News Cut for Monday, September 27th. Take a deeper dive at lakeexpo.com. Big Bass Bash returns to Lake of the Ozarks this weekend, but this year's there's a twist. Truman Lake is joining in on the fun. Anglers can win big at this amateur tournament that has a grand prize of $100,000. And they can do it on either lake. The bash is held October 2nd and 3rd. The entry fee is $140 for one day and $190 for both. Sign up today for a weekend of fishing fun and a chance to win big. Check out anglersinaction.com for details. Just a few short weeks after the city of Lake Ozark lifted its ban on food trucks, four vendors have already gotten permits. Barista Go Coffee, Young Dog Street Food, and Catering on the Hook Fish and Chips and Oyster Dogs have all been registered to operate their food trucks in Lake Ozark. For anyone else interested in joining the list, download the food truck application off of the city website. After being delayed by the COVID-19 pandemic, filming for season four of Ozark is finally complete. The cast of the Netflix series celebrated the end of filming at the official wrap party. Season four is the final season of the show and fans are waiting with bated breath for how the show will tie up loose ends. And although filming has wrapped, the official release date hasn't been announced yet, so stay tuned. Get more Lake of the Ozarks news at lakeexpo.com. Download our free app from the App Store and Google Play. Lakeexpo.com, the lake's trusted news source. Who supports Key Radio financially? I do. This is Bill Munhausen speaking on behalf of the Key Ozarks podcast and Key Gathering Place in Camdenton. When I began podcasting two years ago with a few friends, we wanted a radio show, but it didn't work out. Key Radio gives us an opportunity to share our message, so I am happy to support the Key with a monthly underwriting donation. Key Gathering Place is our community center at Lake of the Ozarks for events and gatherings. The Key Ozarks radio program presents Christian activists seeking the truth of things rather than ideology, employing an eclectic mix of biblical thought and political philosophy much like the founders of the nation did at the last revolution. Please consider supporting the key with your monthly donation. Bikers Against Child Abuse, BACA, exists with the intent to create a safer environment for abused children. We exist as a body of bikers to empower children to not feel afraid of the world in which they live. We stand ready to lend support to our wounded friends by involving them with an established, united organization. If you'd like to know more about BACA, please visit our website at bacaworld.org or call 1-866-71-ABUSE. She's a former Camdenton resident, Hollywood actress, and pop culture expert. Tina Griffin helps parents safely navigate the current pop culture chaos. Know how to create a healthy media diet for your family and live as a counterculture warrior. Listen to the Counterculture Mom Show Fridays and Sundays at 5 a.m. 
1 p.m. and 9 p.m. on Key Radio, 89.3 FM. Key Radio is fortunate to have the support of our local underwriters. They make it possible to bring you our local programming. Thank you to Firefly Valley Farms, Skelton Key and Lot, Victoria Station, Jennings Insurance Group, and Skelton Tactical. You can support local programming by becoming an underwriter or to make your tax-deductible donation, call Key Radio at 573-280-0532. Thank you for supporting Community Radio for the Lake of the Ozarks, 89.3 The Key. Key Radio is a nonprofit radio station that works with local residents in the Lake of the Ozarks community. Our goal is to provide a positive platform for content that addresses a variety of topics while also giving people the opportunity to find out more about what's going on in our own backyard. Key Radio uses donations to bring you all of the information. So, if you like what you hear and you'd like to help us continue our mission, please reach out to us at keygatheringplace.com slash keyradio. Businesses, individuals, and content providers power the programming that you hear on Key Radio. To inquire about making your tax-deductible donation, go to keygatheringplace.com slash keyradio or call 573-280-0532. 573-280-0532. You're listening to 89.3, The Key. Be a part of the solution. Join the lake's only community radio station, 89.3, The Key. It is 9.36, and thank you so much for making us a part of your day. Again, Jason Jones on the program Wednesday, or I'm sorry, on uh, Tuesday. Ike Skelton will be here on Wednesday. I had a chance to uh, talk with a uh, a lady. Her name, I believe, is Michelle Ike. She is mm-hmm. with uh, uh, this uh, recovery, Voices of Recovery uh, group, and we're going to have her in here at nine o'clock on uh, Thursday, and then we'll have uh, Gretchen Peters from the uh, Artichoke Heart, one of our content providers. Bob Lynch from MoDOT will be back. Dave Maupin uh, keeping us updated with what's going on at uh, Camden County Commission meetings. So uh, a full slate, and we're already working on uh, next week. I believe Les Larson, who is the uh, president of the Camden County Republican Club, will be in. We're going to be talking about election. Uh, integrity, and that looks to be next Monday. Also, a friend of mine, Mary DeMichelle, who is an accomplished actress, uh, model. She uh, she works with uh, another friend of mine uh, over at the Jolly Roger. Now, I don't know if they are, I think they're done for the season, but they have the pirate adventure mm. at Jolly Roger. Mm-hmm. So you've got Captain Scallywag, yep. uh, Tim Williams. You've got Mary DeMichelle, who is... Uh, uh, Mayhem Marnie, that is her pirate name. And they have some other characters. And so you go over to Jolly Roger, and, and this is, you, you, you know, people sign up for this, and, and they have a great turnout. As a matter of fact, we went on uh, this pirate adventure earlier in, in the year as part of a feature for Lake TV. But it's really interesting, very unique, but she is also heavily into improv. And uh, improv is something that takes a little work, even though it's improv. You know, you're Mm -hmm. supposed to do it off the cuff. But she talked about how improv can be beneficial for uh, people with certain issues. And so I hope to be able to get her in here to uh, talk about some of the things that she's... She's got a great book on improv that she's put together. And also uh, how 
uh, improv does have some healing qualities. It's a therapeutic kind of thing, huh? Yeah. Sure. So we're uh, we're looking at uh, trying to get Mary in here uh, probably uh, one day next week. She has uh, some kiddos, so she stays busy as a mom. And then, of course, she was working on this uh, pirate adventure program all summer long. She does the improv. Uh, they I, I don't know if they still do it or not, but uh, out there at Great Stone Coffee, they used to have an improv group. Uh, yeah, they would come in on the weekends. Yeah, I was th- well, I was there one night when they were just doing their radio, kind of simulated radio theater, and... And um, I don't know if it was improv, but they're certainly creative people in the way they do things. And I think there was improv involved in that. I, uh, I think it's uh, a lot of fun and, uh, of course, a lot of groups. You know, and, and, and giving people some alternatives as far as, you know, when you go out and you are looking for stuff to do around the Lake of the Ozarks, this is one of those things where you can just... Uh, uh, you know, do something a little different. Maybe uh, learn something that you uh, might be interested in, but you didn't know where you could uh, pursue uh, doing something like this. So, uh, you know, take the time. And we mentioned uh, all these different groups and organizations. That's another thing I wanted to mention to folks out here today, Bill, is the fact that we are always looking for public service announcements. If you've mm-hmm. got a group or organization, uh, you know, uh, whatever it might be, a fundraising group, uh, you know, the Boy Scouts, uh, or the Scouts as they're referred to now, uh, you know, f- any type of group or organization, if you've got a pre-produced public service announcement, and it talks about uh, your group and what you do, you can email it to me, kbsfree65 at gmail.com, kbsfree65 at gmail.com. Uh, send us those uh, public service announcements, and we would be happy to add them to the lineup here uh, on Key Radio. But again, realize and understand that uh, we, uh, we, we are the ones who have the right to either accept or deny it. Uh, I think in most cases we would probably accept it. Yeah, I can't think of We haven't refused anybody yet. Yeah. So... Uh, bikers against child abuse baca you hear that uh, PSA quite a bit so that's what we're talking about there right. folks if you've got something pre-produced that you'd uh, like to get on the air why by all means get it to us and we will uh, we'll take care of it for you and uh, again if you uh, are interested in submitting a PSA you may also be interested in becoming a content provider to talk more about what your group or organization does and uh, the various events and things that you've got going on here at the Lake of the Ozarks. Uh, some, again, opportunities for people to find out more about some uh, other organizations that exist. Mm-hmm. 941, let's uh, do our, let's get our final check of sports in here with uh, Chris Schneider from Lake TV on the key. KB, good morning. Boy, it was a busy weekend of sports, wasn't it? Football and baseball, getting ready for the playoffs and baseball. But how about the Chiefs? They lose their second straight. They're now 1-2 and two on the season. First time under Coach Andy Reid that they've been uh, under 500. And uh, it was not pretty. Four turnovers. They lose to the Chargers on a late touchdown, 30-24. to And again, the Chiefs 1-2 and two on the season. So 
next up, they uh, travel to Philadelphia to take on the Eagles. That's another noon game next Sunday. Their October schedule at the Eagles, home to the Bills, at Washington, and then at Tennessee. It's a pretty tough schedule there. So the Chiefs, one and two. Mizzou lost as well on Saturday. They fell to Boston College in overtime. So the Tigers, two and two. They'll be home to Tennessee next week. MSU Bears with a nice win. They beat South Dakota. So the Bears, two and one on the season. As for high school football, it was Camdenton pulling off a big win Friday at Bolivar, 49-42. The Lakers, four and one. Osage lost their third straight. They fell at home to five and zero Hallsville, 28 nothing. The Indians two and three, and it was Eldon falling to two and three, losing to Southern Boone, fifty-eight to fifty. Versailles is one and four, losing to Blair Oaks. Blair Oaks as always pretty good. So this coming Friday night, Versailles will be at California. That is the Lake TV game of the week. You can see that on Lake TV. Also, you can see a replay of last week's game. That was California and Booneville. You can see a replay tomorrow night, Tuesday night at 7.30 and Thursday night at midnight on Lake TV. As for baseball, the Cardinals looking pretty good for the playoffs as we head into the last week of the regular season. They're off today. Cardinals home to the Brewers for a three-game series and then home against the Cubs over the weekend to close out the regular season. Royals at the Indians today. That's making up for a rainout last week. And they'll be home to the Indians Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday, and then home to the Twins over the weekend to close out the regular season. Pretty busy time in sports, KB. Back to you, brother. Yes, yes, indeed. And again, uh, saying prayers for Andy Reid in uh, the hopes that uh, his bout with, uh, I guess what they said yesterday was uh, more or less dehydration and exhaustion isn't something more serious. But if you have not heard, Andy uh, did not do his uh, normal post press conference. He instead was taken by ambulance to uh, a hospital there in uh, and around the Kansas City area after uh, having some issues. They said that uh, uh, essentially he was just dehydrated and uh, that uh, at last check, uh, which was last night, they said he's in stable condition, resting comfortably. But I'm sure we'll find out a little bit more about uh, things. Yesterday, another hot day. Uh, you know, you would think by uh, uh, the, the last full weekend or the last weekend in September, the last full weekend, yes it was, that uh, maybe things would cool down a little bit, but we do have that opportunity for uh, Indian summer weather to uh, pop in, much like what we're dealing with now. We're at 72 degrees. We are looking for a high today of around 90, 91 the high on uh, Tuesday, and then we'll drop back down, uh, well, I say drop back down, Still, uh, it looks like mid to upper 80s by uh, Wednesday. Wednesday, yes, now they've uh, gone ahead and amended the forecast yet again. 87 now on, uh, on Wednesday, 79 on Thursday, and 82 the expected high on Friday. Saturday and Sunday, uh, again, 79 there, 74 on Sunday. A mix of uh, clouds and sun throughout the rest of the week, and maybe some rain chances. Looks like uh, 79 uh, for the high on Thursday with about a 50-50 shot at showers and uh, maybe uh, a little rain possible on Sunday as well. We encountered some rain on our uh, drive back from Bolivar on uh, Sunday, or rather, I'm sorry, Friday evening. We weren't expecting any rain, but uh, I noticed, and, and this was the fun part of the whole deal, the, uh, 
uh, the guys that I was with said, are, are you dreaming? What's, what, what seems to be the problem? There's no rain out here at all. But I knew it was raining because every once in a while I get hit with a raindrop. And so then finally, as we were headed back, the mysterious rain that I wasn't feeling, <laughs> yeah. uh, it, it made its presence felt when we were uh, coming back through and headed back to the Lake of the Ozarks. 946. What else do we have going on here, Bill Munhausen? Anything on your radar this morning? Oh, I've, I always keep track of these stories that are happening. Right. Um, since we were just talking about weather, I was reading a science study about uh, global climate change. And an international team of scientists just did a study where they determined that um, most of the impetus for climate change is coming from dead trees in the forest. Uh -huh. that, that dead trees in the forest, especially in the Amazon, produce more carbon emissions than all of the fossil fuels used in the world. So how are we going to remedy that situation? What do you think, Bill? We have to stop the trees from dying, I guess. It's the dead trees that are causing this. So eventually what they're going to do is they're probably going to say this is involved or related to what, logging, something like that? Uh, no, it actually seems to be a very natural process. We <laughs> see it in the, uh, our, our Missouri forests. Uh, trees get old and they die, they fall down. Mm -hmm. And then the whole process of decay takes place. And all of the carbon that made up that tree is released into the atmosphere. So it's, it's what happens in nature and has been happening since the beginning of time. And now science is figuring that out, that it's not just a matter of automobiles and factories. The nature itself produces most of the carbon pollution in the world. So what do we do? I mean, how do we remedy the situation? How, do, how can we sustain a tree's life forever? I think we have to accept that climate changes, and it has happened historically, and we should just not be so uh, uptight about what we're doing to the environment. But it's a way to scare people, Bill. It I is mean, a way to scare people, and a, then it's a way to introduce control. And uh, that is why everything is politicized, is everything really is about power and the struggle for power between people and, and advocating a certain thing because they see that as a route to power. Oh, well, what are you going to do? Yeah, you can't yeah, keep yeah. trees from dying. That's <laughs> <laughs> yeah. just a fact of life. So basically, we're not to blame for this because trees, ever since the first tree sprouted up, wherever it sprouted up along with its brothers and sisters, it, uh, it, it, it grows and then eventually it lasts and it dies. I guess we ought to be uh, happy that we have the giant redwoods that we do because those things they don't seem to die very easily no they they, they, they take uh, and they're producing uh well let's see what do they produce they produce oxygen that's the good thing about the amazon forest too it produces oxygen but it also produces carbon dioxide pollution or what what global client what the climate people claim the is climate czar it's actually a john Kerry a who's normal flying, process flying around from place to place in a in a nice jet, attending cocktail parties. Mm -hmm. Photosynthesis is the process. It takes in, yes. takes in the carbon dioxide and produces oxygen. Yes. So, interesting story because uh, recently we talked about uh, the Camdenton uh, School Superintendent, Tim Hadfield, uh, resigning after the school year. And uh, this story from MSN.com, Missouri has experienced an uptick and school superintendents, uh, superintendents, school superintendents calling it quits during the pandemic. 
Hmm. Uh, the number of job openings rose during the past two school years, which were marred by the presence of COVID-19 backlash against pandemic-related safety and schedule changes, and an increasingly increasingly divisive, uh, there is that word again, political climate. Huh. Well, maybe there is a, a good outcome of some of the... Uh what's going on in the world today. Missourians are, are kind of on the freedom-loving end of things. And people who aren't in, well, I don't know. It sounds like they're trying to make a conclusion there that school superintendents, school superintendents are more likely to be on the opposite side of freedom because they're trying to introduce controls over what's happening in schools. I don't, I don't know. That sounds like what they're trying to imply. The Missouri Association of School Administrators logged 83 superintendent exits for the 2020-2021 year and 86 for the 2019-2020 year compared to 73 for the pre-pandemic of 2018 mm -hmm. uh, to 2019 year. There are 518 districts in the state it's a tough and difficult job in a normal year, said Doug Hader, the executive director of the Missouri Association of School Administrators. And with what we've experienced in the last two, it just continues to cause people to say, you know what, uh, I'm going to do something different and not have to deal with all the stress. Yeah, I think it's, it's probably happening everywhere. I know I, I have a daughter in Denver, and my grandson there is uh, stuck with only being able to... Uh, go to physical school just a few hours every week and the rest of the time he's working from home. So it's, it's, it's taking place everywhere. I, I would think that it's hard to be a superintendent there, even what? though they're into the shutdown more than we are. Right. So. Well, it goes on to say here that um, recent high-profile openings include Springfield, Columbia, and Lee Summit. Others in southwest Missouri include Bolivar, Cassville, Marshfield, Monette, and Sparta. In some cases, an existing superintendent took a job in a larger district, creating a vacancy. Mm -hmm. uh, Hader said some attention, or I'm sorry, some attrition is natural, but recent numbers suggest more district leaders are retiring as soon as they are eligible, typically after 30 years in public education. Mm -hmm. yeah. The uh, Massa report showed 47 retired last year and 41 during the 2019-2020 year, up from 36 retirements in 2018 to 2019. They're not just quitting. Uh, they're not just resigning and moving on to something else. They're actually retiring. They're actually calling it quits, hanging it up, saying enough's enough. Yeah, maybe it's maybe the whole population is aging just like the rest of the American population. Or maybe uh, COVID has been uh, something that a lot of these folks just can't deal with. Yeah. I would imagine that has uh, something to do with uh, s some of this anyway. But we'll have to wait and see and find out uh, just exactly where the numbers go. Where will they go, I wonder? Well, I think turnover is generally good in every, every area because you, you want new blood in, you want new ideas. So turnover is, is a good thing. It's kind of like we, don't, we talk about term limits among our politicians because um, it seems to be hard to get rid of some of people who have been around for 30 years. You talk so. about, uh, yeah... Um, you know, some people, sometimes, uh, you know, change is good. Yeah. Get uh, get some uh, young blood in there or something along those lines. <laughs> 953, 76 degrees. You uh, you heard about these uh, border agents that uh, were on horseback and accused of whipping Haitian migrants uh, and that they might be fired by the president. And, and last week, they just went nuts over this. 
And so Kamala Harris, who is supposed to be the border czar, uh-huh. who is probably, all she's doing is getting reports from the border. She's never really actually been there. She was on The View last week, and she was condemning what was going on and talking about racism and brought in the Civil War. Mm-hmm. And she really mm-hmm. just didn't have anything uh, of any real substance to say. She was more or less just reading from the script. Well, Texas Governor Greg Abbott uh, said yesterday that he promised to hire the border agents on horseback accused of whipping Haitian migrants if they're fired by President Biden as he slammed the president and Homeland Security uh, Secretary Alejandro uh, Mayorkas for uh, failing to secure the sovereignty of the United States. Because that's one of the things we're supposed to be doing down there, folks. Mm -hmm. We can't just keep letting these people come in to the country. They, they said of the 17,000 uh, Haitian migrants that they have down there right now, uh, 12,000 of them are going to find their way into the United States. Find their way. Well, with the help of the United States. <laughs> yeah, they're going to be transported. They'll, to be, given, they'll be given a, a, a hearing date, yeah. and then they'll be expected to show up, and they won't be there. They won't be there. And I don't understand why this country, the people that are in charge of this, why they don't get it, other than to say, you know, they're just trying to uh, maybe yeah. log some potential voters. We should recognize that Mexico is a really nice country to stay in. Hey. <laughs> they have a good climate. We, we go on vacation to Mexico periodically. It's a yeah. nice place. Yeah, so do we. Uh, Secretary Mayorkas, and if I can't be candid, even President Biden, uh, they are in dereliction of duty. This is from the governor of Texas, Greg Abbott. The Biden administration has abandoned any pretense of securing the sovereignty of either Texas or the United States by having these um, open border policies. And, and again, folks, the people that live along the border are dealing with this in record numbers. They, I mean, if, if, if for no other reason, take into consideration what these people are having to deal with. And you have all of these illegal immigrants coming into this country. Uh, they're coming over, uh, in a lot of cases, on private property. Mm-hmm. They're uh, looking for anything that they can find of value so that they can get some money. And we talked about it. I mean, obviously, you know, you, you don't have, you're not bringing much with you. And you're hoping to have something to sustain yourself and maybe anyone who's with you. But you can't go on private property and commit acts of assault and theft and robbery and rape and and, and even worse. I mean, some people along the border that live there are being killed by these people coming into our country illegally. Yeah, I think think sometimes we sound too political here, but this isn't about politics. This is about... um people being able to protect their property and their rights in the, in a local state in, in Texas. And um, sometimes it's better that the federal government just stand down and let them take care of things. I'm sure is, I'm sure that these states where these people live expect these people to pay their personal property tax every month, mm-hmm. uh, or every year rather, yeah. uh, hopefully not every month, every year. <laughs> yeah. But what in the world can you do? What, what, options do these people have at this point not really much of anything well it sounds like governor abbott is trying to <coughs> assert some options at least let his state have a little more control well and, and i know that's one of the things that they talked about they said 
any of these border agents that uh, get fired for not getting vaccinated. The state, the, the lieutenant governor of the state of Texas said that they are welcome to come to his state mm-hmm. and uh, they will hire him there. And now you're talking about uh, something that, in my opinion, was basically just created out of a still photo. And you can't really tell what is going on in the photo whatsoever. You can't tell that these, these people are being whipped by these border agents. And why would they do that in the first place? Yeah, I pretty much doubt that they're being whipped by federal agents. I don't, that's just not something we tend to do as a country. And, and these people on horseback, I mean, getting around on horseback mm-hmm. is a lot easier than getting around in a lot of different vehicles, even an ATV, an all-terrain vehicle mm-hmm. that should be able to go through the, the water and go through uh, the mud and the muck and uh, go up a hillside and everything. A horse does a much better job. So let's take away another tool that these people use in order to try and uh, protect our borders. This uphill battle that these people face every day, they themselves not knowing whether or not they're going to be killed because, of course, as many people know, the drug cartels use people to bring illegal uh, drugs into this country one way or another, uh, threatening them, threatening their families if they don't uh, do what these cartels want to do. But uh, certainly uh, nice to see the governor of Texas stepping up and saying, hey, you've got a job here in Texas if, uh, if you lose your job uh, as a uh, federal border agent. 959, Bill Bonhausen. We're just about ready to put this one to bed. We want to thank uh, you for uh, joining us this morning and let you know we'll be back tomorrow morning, 8 o'clock until 10 o'clock, and you are welcome to stop by. Don't forget our friends from uh, Firefly Valley Farms will be mm-hmm. here to 